gentlemen, boys and girls, you have tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my producer extraordinaire, the one, the only, John Coleman. So check this out, John Coleman. Interest rates have totally plummeted. I'm talking they were in the fours, now they're in the threes. Maybe by the time we get this produced, they could be in the twos. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means... It's much cheaper to finance the purchases of real estate today than it was just a few weeks ago. That means if you have a home loan, and by the way, there's like $5 trillion worth of mortgages outstanding. $5 trillion with a T. It's a lot of money. They, they, they are always experts. Anytime I say they, I'm just uh, alluding to a... Um, fictitious yet tangible set group of supposed experts. So they claim that half of those mortgages, so half of five is two and a half, two and a half trillion dollars is quote unquote in the money. In the money is a term we use in the mortgage industry that states this loan could pay off quickly because its interest rate is so far out of the market, the owner of that mortgage should be calling their favorite loan officer and refinancing. Okay, so low interest rates mean it's a great time to buy because the home that would have cost you $1,800 last month Mm -hmm. will cost you $1,600 a month this month. It also means if you have a home loan and you want to save some money, reach out to your favorite loan officers and discuss refinancing. So this is one of the very, very, very small bright spots anytime you have a economic crisis or you have an economy that is heading towards a recession, typically the cost of borrowing is lower. I used to teach classes to real estate agents where they would cheer for lower interest rates And I would have to actually tell them, no, if you want to have a lot of home sales, you actually typically cheer for higher interest rates because statistically, when rates are rising, they're doing so because the economy is booming. When the economy is booming, then you typically have more home sales when the economy is not booming. Now, the economic whiplash, what do we call it, whiplash? The economic... um, Fallout. Fallout that we're going to experience from the coronavirus is anticipated to be substantial but swift, meaning we we should rebound quickly, and when we rebound, it'll be swift and quick. So imagine on a chart, you see a massive drop, and then a few weeks later, you see a massive gain. That's what we're anticipating. Also, this recession that we're going into, we've been forecasting this for the past two years, and Unlike the previous recession that was caused by housing, this recession, it's anticipated currently today, as well as two years ago, housing is going to be one of the bright spots. So we're actually, for those of us in the housing industry, from an economic standpoint, we're sitting in a really solid driver's seat where we don't anticipate home values dropping. We don't anticipate home sales falling off a cliff, but we do anticipate home affordability Uh, increasing because interest rates have dropped and we do recognize that of the five trillion outstanding mortgages that two and a half trillion are in the money 
And those two and a half trillion should be reaching out to their loan officer of choice to discuss whether or not a refinance makes sense. And where typically I would say one in five refinance inquiries actually made sense for the person to refinance, I'm gonna go polar opposite and I'm gonna say four out of five. Mm. Four out of five refinance opportunities or refinance inquiries are gonna make sense. So that's every reason why today's podcast is about refinancing your home loan. Like this podcast is geared towards homeowners who are trying to decide why I should refinance, how I could refinance, what are the steps on refinancing, what are the different types of refinancing. And I just wanna make it as educational and as informative as possible because refinances make sense for some but not all. So let's try to figure out who they make sense for. Sounds good. All right, you have 20 minutes? I do. Cool, let's you and I spend 20 minutes discussing that. I want you to stop me and ask any question that you may have as a consumer. I say this on almost every episode, but you are our target audience, right? You're not a mortgage professional. Your background is in marketing, it's in video production, it's in audio production, it's it's in social media, but it's not in the mortgage industry, which makes you the perfect producer and also a great co-host because it's not two people geeking it out using industry jargon. Mm-hmm. It's one mortgage professional talking to the average consumer. Correct. All right. So I'm going to walk you through this. If you were to call me today, John, and say I want to refinance, my very first question is how long are you going to be in the home for? And do you know why I'm going to ask that of you? I do not. Okay. Because refinances cost money. How okay. so? Well, whenever you refinance, there's a good chance you probably need to get a new appraisal. There's a good chance that there's going to be some kind of a title company or settlement company or closing attorney that is going to charge you fees to close your new transaction. Also, the state you live in may very well tax you for um, the new financial transaction. Like here in the state of Florida, the state of Florida taxes anyone obtaining a home loan. They, they, they impose a intangible tax and a Florida document stamp on the mortgage. Okay, so percentage of your loan is money you pay to refinance. And depending on how you and your loan officer decide to structure your loan, and and I want to specify, you and your loan officer decide, because there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all mortgage, you very well may decide that, you know what, you're okay paying an underwriting fee and a processing fee to get this home loan. So typically, your cost could run you two to $5,000 just to refinance. Well, if you're saving two or $300 a month, it may make perfect sense if you just run a quick ROI calculation. What's your return on investment? Well, if you had to spend five grand to save $250 a month, how many months do you have to live in this home paying on this mortgage before you've broken even? Well, it's 20 months, right? Almost two years. So that's why I tell you the very first question I'm gonna ask you is how long? How long are you going to have this mortgage before you refinance it again pay it off or sell the home, at which point when you sell the home, you have to pay off your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now, assuming it's greater than three years, then we're gonna walk through all the various reasons why somebody would refinance, okay? The first one and the easiest one is, well, to save money, duh, right, duh. Okay, who doesn't like to save 250 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month? And by the way, when I, when I speak of those closing costs, very, very rarely, like very rarely, are you ever paying out of pocket for them. Normally they're rolled into the new loan. 
right? So it's money that you don't see, but you need to understand that is money that had you sold the home would be coming to you. Instead, you're using some, some of that equity and you're rolling it into your new loan. Mm -hmm. So you might get a loan for 200 grand, but if your closing costs were 4,000, then you're now borrowing 204. That's all well and good because maybe your home is worth 300 grand, so you have plenty of equity. It made sense to roll your closing costs into the new loan. But I wanted to, to distress that because the last thing I don't want to do is have any audience member not reach out to their loan officer of choice to discuss a refinance because they're thinking, oh crap, I don't have four grand. Hmm. It's like, no, no, you, you more than likely, most lenders can refinance you where you bring no money to the table. And certain refinance transactions, you actually get money back. So, and we'll, we'll jump into that. So the first, first reason is obviously to, to, to save money. Um, and you can save money by going from X interest rate to Y interest rate. So we just locked a client in yesterday. He was at 4.75. We dropped him down to 3.375. That's um, you know, over a 1% savings. It's about a $275 a month savings. Nothing else changed. He didn't need any, any money out of his home. He didn't have mortgage insurance we we're trying to remove. It was a, a, a pretty straightforward rate and term refi. You also would refinance to remove your mortgage insurance. And people need, need to be reminded, what is mortgage insurance? Well, if you have a loan with mortgage insurance, you typically know you do. You didn't put down 20% when you bought the home, therefore you've been paying a insurance policy that protects your lender against you going into default. Well, let's say you bought that home three or four years ago, and now because your home value has appreciated and you've paid down your loan, not only can we drop you from a rate of three and a half, or four and a half to three and a half, but maybe we can remove your mortgage insurance as well. So now your savings might be $250 a month in principal and interest plus $150 a month in mortgage insurance. That's a freaking $400 payment like windfall. Like what does $400 do? Well, that's 400 bucks you can now use to pay off your credit cards. That's 400 bucks that allows you to go buy that new car you needed because yours is a clunker and it's breaking down. That's $400 that you now can put into an IRA because maybe you don't have one or maybe you start a 529 for your kids because you don't have a, a, a education fund and education is something that you want to save for for your children. So that, that's like legit money, right? That's $400. $400 in today's world would afford you a cruise around the world, all inclusive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but um, that 400 bucks would go really far on a cruise ship right now. Um, so so uh, uh, that would be a rate and term refi with PMI elimination. You could also look at, uh, well, man, I'm currently paying uh, you know, X percent and my monthly payment's Y, but I have 22 years left on my mortgage. What if I went to a 15-year fixed? I'm currently in a 30-year fixed mortgage. I've been in my house for eight years, so I have 22 years left. What if you could refinance? Your payment stays the same, but you just knocked seven years off of your loan. Right, you just knocked 80, 90 grand of payments mm -hmm. off of your loan. Yeah, you would do that. And then you have other cases where, for whatever reason, you're looking at your overall debt. Then this is one of my favorite refinances to do, especially if I can get the client to come in, meet with me, and actually go through a true financial consultation. And you know, I can, I can show them some of my um, financial advisor wizardry. You know, what I've learned from playing one on TV, but I'm not one in practice. But no, for whatever reason, you, you found yourself with student loans and credit cards and car payments and, and your mortgage payment, and you are literally hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck. But the one good thing you did is you bought that house six years ago. 
and you sit down with us and not only is your rate 4.75% and not only are you paying mortgage insurance, but I recognize by consulting with you or your loan officer recognizes from consulting with you that, hey, you have 100 grand of equity. Do you know that I can actually do a brand new loan for you and we're gonna actually give you money at closing. We are going to give you a brand new loan. We're gonna cover all your closing costs. We're gonna give you enough money that you can pay off those student loans and credit cards and that car. And now all of a sudden, not only is your mortgage payment less, or maybe it's the same, but you're not paying a thousand dollars a month towards credit cards, car loan, and student loan. That's a cash out refinance. And we do so for debt consolidation and it works wonders as long as the consumer figures out what they did to get themselves in that situation and they don't find themselves in that situation again. Because look, your home is not your piggy bank. It's not. Many, many people got themselves in trouble just a decade and a half ago because they thought their home was a piggy bank and every time it went up in value they went out and, and did some kind of a refinance that took cash out or they did an equity line, took cash out and used it to buy a boat, to buy a condo, who knows what else. Look, it's not that, but, but your home definitely can bail you out of a sticky situation. Your home can definitely set you on the right, the, the right path to financial freedom and financial fitness. So we call those cash out refinances for debt consolidation. Now we also do cash out refinances for other things. Um, you may ask, hey Dustin. Hey Dustin. What other things are you alluding to? What other things are you alluding to? Alright John, I would love to tell you. So let's think of some of the things if you were sitting on a boatload of equity, right? You owe $150,000 on your house, your house is worth $350,000. You do the math, you have about two hundred grand of equity sitting in your home. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, John, what if you have some kind of a major medical procedure coming up? Okay. And you don't have cash for it, right? It could be elected, maybe it's dental implants, maybe it's LASIK eye surgery, maybe it's breast augmentation, maybe it's rhinoplasty. Maybe it's not elective. Maybe it's a freaking hip replacement surgery, but your insurance won't cover it because they tell you you're not old enough by the way that happens. You could look to your home not only do a refinance to lower your rate, but also pull cash out to help cover those medical expenses. What if the home that you own, you've always dreamt of having a pool, but that pool you want is $40,000. And you really don't want to have to go to a bank or to the pool company to finance it. And you sure as heck don't want to touch your investments. Have you seen what's going on in the stock market in the S&P? Is now the time to sell? No, now is the time to buy folks, by the way. Like you buy now, when the market's depressed, you, you, you find money to put into it, especially if it's long-term money, meaning money you don't need for the next six or 12 months. Um, so no, now's not a good time to be selling your stocks. Well, you could look to do a cash out refinance for that pool. Same thing goes for a new kitchen, new bathroom, new flooring. What if your kid's going off to college? And what if you want to be able to pay for your kid's college, but for whatever reason, you weren't able to save when your kid was born through the age of 18. Cash out refinance, right? If, if that's your priority. Now, I would tell you before you did that, please consult with your financial advisor. You know, I'm not your financial advisor and I'm, and I'm, and I'm never gonna be. 
but you need to sit down with someone and you need to really look at what your long-term future is in terms of retirement age and assets you need to retire because your financial advisor may or may not recommend you doing a cash out refinance to pay for your kid's education, but it's something that could be done. Just like, I'm gonna use the kid going off to college thing uh, for this scenario. Kids going off to college, they're going to the University of Florida and dorm expense is like, I don't know, $15,000 a year. Maybe you don't want to spend $15,000 on a dorm. Maybe you decided you and your spouse should just own a home in Gainesville. Let your child live there with their two friends and charge your two friends rent. So you want a second home in Gainesville, an investment property in Gainesville. But you need 20% down to buy it. Well, you got the 20%, but it's either sitting in your 401k or sitting in your, in your uh, E-Trade account. And right now it's a terrible time to touch that money. But you have all this equity in your home, rates are super low, why not look at a cash out refinance to raise the capital to now buy that home in Gainesville for your child to live in as, long, as well as their two friends who by the way you're in charge of rent to. And when you buy that home in Gainesville, guess where rates are? They're at all time low. Like we're talking about like the cavemen never had rates this low. That's how low things are. So refinancing is extremely, extremely beneficial, especially in a market like today's. And if Corona has you down or has you bored because you can't go to the gym and, and you can't go to the mall in the movies in the magic game in the Bucks game, which by the way, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, TB12. Holy shit. What do you think? I have no, I'm speechless. Yeah, and, 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 and this is interesting because you grew, uh, up, oh, yeah. you grew up in Massachusetts, but you went to school in Tampa. Yeah. And I remember when I first got to know you, you're like, yeah, I kind of cheer for both teams. That's, yeah. So your boy Tom Brady is now a Buccaneer. Uh, yeah, but he's also old. I have no idea why he went. I have no idea how this happened. It's really just odd. It's kind of like, you know, people are talking about, oh, he might go here, he might go there. No one ever really thought like Tampa Bay. It's like, oh, just throw a dart in the dark and see where it lands. So, Reddy, you don't know how this happened, but you and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization and fans are going to take full advantage of it, right? Of course. So, we don't know how and why uh, rates are so low, <laughs> but we're going to take advantage of the situation. And look, my 15-plus year career in this industry, I've never been a refi king. That's never been my, my, my MO. I preach and teach and coach focus on the purchase market. And we always will here at Waterstone Mortgage and any opportunity I get to teach and speak and coach, it's going to be focused on the purchase market. But I'd be remiss and I'd be a terrible podcast host if I didn't hop on the microphone and turn on the cameras and remind people that, hey, you can save some serious money. You can put yourself into a fantastic financial situation if you, A, apply some of the principles that we've been teaching over the past few weeks by listening to the episodes on budgeting, right? And B, seriously look into and consider a refinance. It is going to make sense for at least half of you out there because half of you who are already homeowners, you are quote unquote in the money. That means you are right to refinance. I'm telling you as a professional, I've gone from one in five refinance consultations do we actually move forward with. What I mean by that is we typically tell four out of five people, yeah, no, refinance doesn't make sense. 
Like we turn away business. Waterstone Mortgage makes money when we refinance homes. Like we want to do them only if it makes sense, only if it's, it's the right thing to do by the client. And I'm saying right now that number's higher. It's probably closer to four, and a half, four out of five than it was one out of five, mm. just because of where rates are going. And they're not going to last that long. Yeah, how long do you think this is going to last? That was going to be my question. Well, you know, if I could answer that, you and I wouldn't be having a podcast. <laughs> uh, or if we did, we'd be on my yacht in Fiji. Um, that's a great way to social distance, right? Hop on a yacht, go to Fiji, and just chill. Yeah, but then they won't let you back in. Yeah, well, and I don't have that type of coin. So. Um, no, so my, my crystal ball, my crystal ball is calling for mortgage rates to stay in the threes. Now, that could be 3%, it could be 3.75. On a 30-year fixed, all of this year and into the beginning of next year. So into Q1 2021, um, we could see them touch below three. I think that's more of your 15-year fixed mortgages, your 10-year fixed mortgages. I think 30 is going to be really hard to, to see many go above 3%. Um, but they're going to be in the threes throughout this year. And, and the one thing people do have to understand is they're going to have to be patient with the industry because there's $2.5 trillion worth of loans that are quote-unquote in the money. We as an industry are only equipped, meaning we only have enough people working in this industry from Spokane to Key West and every state in between and every city in between to do about 2 to $2.5 trillion worth of loans per year. Well we still focus on the purchase business. There are still people wanting to sell their home, buy their home, get married, buy a house, graduate college, buy a house, get a new job, transfer, buy a house, right? It's gonna be impossible for us to try to refinance all right now, or all in six months, or all in nine months. What I would tell you, start making your phone calls now. Start getting your documents, your ducks in a row, done right now figure out what it's gonna take, what your options are, because the market is freaking volatile. It is crazy. I was talking to our senior vice president of secondary marketing. Um, he's basically the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. He is the guy behind the black sheep who is making the magic happen. He literally said he wishes this market and this environment could have waited four more years because it's so insane, he retires in four years. So he would have to deal with it. Someone else would have to deal with it. Um, what we're seeing is the industry is trying to self-regulate. The industry is trying to um, not swallow an elephant all at one time, mm -hmm. right? There's a saying in business, it's uh, a pig in the python. It's when you have too much business. So if you've ever seen a, a, a constrictor snake eat, whether it's a, a small constrictor eating a mouse or a python eating a whole entire pig, you see that massive bulge and it takes weeks if not months to work through their digestive tract. So we're not dealing with a pig and a python, we're dealing with a freaking elephant in a python right now. And there's still another elephant and another elephant left to eat. And how do you eat an elephant? Uh, piece by piece? One bite at a time. Yeah. yeah, one bite at a time. So we will need to ask everyone to be patient. Like I'm telling clients right now, it's a bit of a hurry up and wait game. And the industry will self-regulate, meaning they're going to give us really good rates, and then when they get an influx of business, they're going to artificially jack those rates up. Mm -hmm. And they're not saying that we don't want your business. They're saying we don't want your business right now because we can't handle it. And we have to set proper expectations, and we have to give everyone great customer service.
But if there's only so many human beings and computers that can digest and crunch the amount of paperwork needed, then we have to shut off the valve from time to time or shut that floodgate. Mm -hmm. So I kind of anticipate the next year unfolding like this. The industry is going to do what they can. Companies like Waterstone Mortgage, a company that I help run, we're going to do everything we can to capitalize and help all of our clients and their friends and their neighbors and their coworkers save thousands of dollars. But we can't do it all at once. So we're going to open the floodgates like we did two weeks ago, and we're going to break records for the number of, of loans we locked. True story that happened two weeks ago. And then the market's going to do crazy things like the rates are going to shoot up and shoot down and shoot up and shoot down. Like I went on bankrate.com and I saw someone advertising a 5% rate. Look, rates are not 5%. What they're telling you is I can't handle any more phone calls. So I'm just going to advertise a 5% rate in hopes that you don't call me today. But then there's always a whale that will call and we'll, we'll get. Yeah, no, I bet if you called them, they would probably offer you a rate way less than 5%. So the market, meaning investors, Wall Street, because the mortgage industry is a huge business outside of just originating and consulting and advising people. Um, the market will help self-regulate the, the inflow, but my main point to the listeners is be patient, but hurry up and wait, right? Which is so confusing. More importantly, if you got anything, pick up the phone today, tomorrow, or the next day, and call your loan officer of choice to discuss a refinance. What if, what if they don't have a loan officer of choice then? Gosh, John, I'm so happy you asked that. If you don't have a loan officer of choice, call Dustin Owen. Call Dustin Owen at 407-645-6363. I used to be a fantastic loan officer. I still kind of know what I'm talking about, but more importantly, more importantly, I work day in, day out with dozens of amazing Waterstone loan officers and I can make sure that you get set up with the right loan officer to help you handle your situation, answer your questions, and help you determine whether or not a refinance makes sense. But you heard it here first, four out of five people, it's going to make sense to refinance, and already half of you are in the money. I'm Dustin Owen. He's John Coleman. In this episode of the Loan Officer Podcast, we encouraged you to pick up the damn phone Call your loan officer of choice and ask them whether or not a refinance makes sense, why, and how. DustinOwen.com, D-Owen at WaterstoneMortgage.com. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. Tell your friends and your families and your neighbors and your coworkers to tune into this podcast, to reach out to the loan officer of their choice, and let's start saving money. John, I'm done. I'm done, too. Peace. Doses!